Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast on Feels Good. I am Jacqueline Fernandez. And I'm Amanda Cerny. Sharing time with someone who is guaranteed to make you feel good. Amanda, would you please do the introduction? I'm so super excited. One of the only two comedians that freaking sold out Madison Square Garden's (laughs) arena space. He developed a massive following that is both impressive and inspiring. Not only that, but recently he presented a benefit table read of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, drawing more than 4 million online viewers and raising over $135,000 to benefit Sean Penn's cores and Reform Alliance's COVID-19 relief efforts. Please welcome Dane Cook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa, that was good. That was impressive. Just the <sighs> fact that you... you- you fit all that in there in one <laughs> I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> Welcome. Really yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, I watched that whole table read, by the way, and I was blown away by it. I loved oh it gosh. so much. Such a great idea. Yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, when COVID hit this year, of course, everybody, all our lives were capsized, right? Everybody found themselves completely off our our schedule, our, you know, whatever your, you know, goals were for the year, everything was so, you know, thrown out of whack. And I found myself uh, sort of in a rut because as a live performer, week after week, I was, you know, sitting at home and, and missing the stage and missing that creative outlet. I was like, I need that. I need that uh, ability to entertain people. And so I had known Sean Penn for a number of years and uh, I reached out to him and I said, I, I think I have a way to, to do something that could raise a lot of money and awareness and more than anything, just bring a lot of joy to people, which we need right now. Yep. Um, and he was so excited. He was gung-ho. I pitched it to him. He was like, what do you need? And I said, we just need some big, big celebrities to you know, come in and have some fun with us. And we were fortunate to do that. Huge. Wow. I mean, you had... Morgan Freeman, Shia LaBeouf, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, John Legend, Jim Kimmel, Ray Liotta, Sean Penn, of course, and Julia Roberts, So, uh, which I love. And I am obsessed with Julia Roberts. So when I saw her on there, too, I was like, hello. <laughs> oh, that was so great. Yeah, that was such a having, – having a moment, I had a scene with her where I made her laugh in the scene, and she did, like, that big Julia Roberts laugh, like a pretty uh, laugh. Pretty woman. Yeah. <laughs> And I was just in my head like, oh, my gosh, that's like a highlight real moment that I could make Julia Roberts laugh, you know, out of the blue like that. It was so fun. It was so great. It is amazing, actually, how um, quarantine and COVID actually brought out so much creativity in people. And I think like also just got people to like do such amazing work. Um, I think it brought out a side of people as well. That was just like, I mean, like you putting out that thing together. I mean, there were so many like new businesses that also came out of like COVID out of the pandemic. Um, Amanda made wine. (laughs) She made her own wine. Which she brings on to the podcast. But it is that thing, right? Where it's like you you're you're tested these are these are um unprecedented moments in in the world, but it's individually, and I'm sure you've you've felt this way this year as well, 
um, there were many times where it was like you could easily get depressed and you could go into a, yep. you know, into some sheet therapy, just stay in bed with the blanket up. And, and I think that certain people uh, do thrive in these kinds of situations. Um, and it's nice to be connected with people like that because other, if you're not around people that are going to keep you motivated, then it's sometimes it's hard to find that in yourself. So I think it's all about that teamwork of creating a community of people around you who are like, okay, let's make the best of this bad situation. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's exactly what we were discussing as well. Like when we were talking about just business and getting into business, it's the same thing. You've got to be so specific about your company and definitely about having people keep you motivated. I mean, like, honestly, you being a comedian as well, (laughs) I would like definitely have you as part of my group because it's all about positivity (laughs) and laughter. And obviously you're super enterprising as well. You're creative. So, So was there, was there, I mean, like as a kid, were you, pretty sure that you would want to get into comedy or was that something that just like came about? How are you as a kid? Yeah, I think a a lot of my admiration for comedians was I, I was a, I was an introvert and I was a really kind of a lonely kid. Um, Wow. I I was the fly on the wall, wallflower, whatever you want to say. Like I was the quietest kid in school. Nobody would have expected I was going to be a comedian, but I admired people that could get on stage and enjoy being present. And I felt like it took me, even in my comedy career, it took me a lot of years to feel really comfortable in my skin and really and really present. Um, but I knew stand-up would be a direct line to that because you can't not be in the moment when you stand in front of a group of people, right? It's my worst, it's my worst fear, by the way. Is it stand-up. really? <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I would never. Like Amanda said, she'll pay to see me, like be on stage. But it is my worst fear. And if you weren't, have you have you had to do it? Have you, have you been no, in front of people to speak? It, it's crazy. I I could I could dance in front of a thousand yeah. thousands of people. I could sure. dance. I could perform. I could never like try and crack a joke. I would. I'm mortified of that idea. But I don't think. I mean, I guess there's some people that naturally are just like love just everybody center of attention everybody looking at them but when you're on a stage full of like thousands tens of thousands of people it's a completely different energy and sometimes um i haven't ever sold out madison square garden or anything like that (laughs) yet (laughs) yet Yet. um, (laughs) i have done speaking appearances like for just how to build um a presence online and growing your social media and how social media is so important in business. And I've spoken in front of thousands of people, but I, it, for me, it's easier doing that than speaking in front of small groups of people. Right. Why is that? Like, I, I think, I think that's probably because, Maybe the lighting's different. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like... Lighting? Yeah. Because, (laughs) no, I swear, all you see is just like lights and you don't really see people's faces. (laughs) Like I go up there and I'm just like, oh, like lights on me. Okay. And then it's just like all kind of a blur. And maybe my vision's bad. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if this is, if this is anything, um, any of you have tried, but like they always say, if you have, if you have stage fright and I do, like I cannot speak in front of people, um, like small as I can I'm complete opposite of you Amanda but like do they say you just picture everyone naked 
But like when you're in that situation, there's no time to even do something like that. So I don't know, like what, what was it like in the beginning then for you? Like, how did you get over it? Were you like well, initially, were you like freaking out? Yeah. You know, and just quickly speaking to what Amanda said, the smaller crowds are harder because once you're in front of multi thousands of people, it really does become, I would say like when I would do stadiums or arenas, that's an event. And you feel like you're a part of an event, like a huge concert or a, or a, a sporting event. Something about being in front of just a small group of people where there's almost like a, a, a quiet before you're getting a laugh or a reaction to something you're, you're, you're you know, speaking about or, or sharing or educating. Um, it's vulnerability. It's really vulnerability. And I think that where a lot of people in the arts really want to be is where can you meet performance, but bring your vulnerability. So, so many years you're trying to get away from that. Like, Oh, I don't want to let them see me um, not shine. And then it takes years and years to cultivate a voice to finally go, no, actually what's relatable is when they understand that I'm a real person, when they understand that I'm vulnerable or I could be afraid. And so when I first started doing stand-up, I was, I was also kind of running away from that side of things. I just wanted to be like at the helm. I wanted to be the coolest person in the room kind of, you know, element. And it takes many, many, many years in, in stand-up to finally let your guard down, even though you're still in charge of that audience's evening. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, That's a great tip, actually. <laughs> I remember watching um, one of your specials, the retaliation one, of course, but, um, and I, I've recently been hearing about Karen's and like all the memes of Karen's and everything. And I'm like, that, I feel like the first time I ever heard of a Karen was during that special. And cause it was on the retaliation one. Right. And it was, everybody has that one friend there's always one friend in the group that everybody hates, right? <laughs> I'm it. You're better telling it, but it was. Um... You're doing great. <laughs> oh, I'm bombing up here. Small groups kill me. Um, but it was the and it was Karen. Nobody Karen's a bastard, right? So I, you were the. Did you create the Karen? Was it you that first like called out the Karen? Do Karens come out to you and be like, hey, why'd you do that to us? Yeah, <laughs> why'd you stereotype us? Yeah, a lot of years. Karens were not pleased once I oh my God. routine. For me, it was like, well, the reason I came up with the, what I use the name Karen because growing up in comedy, they say um, cuh sounding words or buh sounding words are funnier. <laughs> and that was something that you learned very, very early <laughs> on in comedy. So I was like, okay, I can't use like, wow. you know, Maureen or Lisa. Karen just had such a, there's so something true. in that word that's funny, there, but still derogatory. <laughs> there's a ring to it for sure. <laughs> yeah. I have a cousin, Karen. She was not happy that I was, you know, I put that out there, but recently <laughs> now that Karen's have become like synonymous with, uh, you know, like for white woman behavior or something, it, mm. it, it got stuck on them. And people keep asking me, did you start it? And I'm like, I guess in a roundabout way, but, um, but no, no, I'm, I don't want Karen's against me anymore. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I like think the social, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the stere- <laughs> no, it's fine. The stereotype. 
But um, I, I think you may have seeded it. I think it's hilarious. You know, I, I understand the struggle. If it was an um, Amanda joke, it would have been rough. <laughs> the fact that it's Karen, I, I think it. I we're think we're it's good, funny. but yeah, we're good. <laughs> I mean, hey, beat the stereotypes. That's what we all do. So, 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 was there it. were there were there Karens like literally coming up to you and like being like, "Why did you do that?" Well, there were Karens that would come to after my show to a meet and greet and want to <laughs> prove to me that they were a great person. Became, uh, they were like you would like me you would want to hang out with me i'm not like <laughs> i know it's just the name that i picked for a certain kind of individual in a group but uh i don't think that karen is going to be uh in the baby naming book any longer after this era oh my god no. you should name I, you should name your kid one of your kids karen <laughs> the, right the ultimate comeback i have yeah. a <laughs> Karen, I'm bringing Karen's back into both. <laughs> I remember when I, I came to you and I, we shot a Vine together when Vine was still alive. And, right. and at that time, you're like, oh, wow, like you're growing this huge following. That's awesome. And then at the same time, it's like you did this way before most people on MySpace. Like right. growing that and then even advertising your, your stand-up or your tours or like where you're going to be and performing next on right. your own MySpace and not even having to pay for advertising because you had your own built-in audience already. Like that's so forward thinking and nobody else is really utilizing it that way. And well, now it, brands want it. But It was, it was an amazing era when, it, when social media first really hit because I grew up, I love tech. And I was huge into the idea of like grassroots following. How can you, I wanted to be entrepreneurial. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to carve out my own path in comedy. And at, at that time, when I first started doing, you know, MySpace, Facebook, whatever was, you know, the thing then, well, mainly MySpace, there really was only one avenue to being an overnight kind of uh, person who made it. And that was like Saturday Night Live. If you didn't do Saturday Night Live or you weren't on the cast, there was really no other outlet. And I thought, well, if they don't, you know, want me, if they don't accept me, how else can I, you know, meet and greet people and be kind of become elected as a, as a comedian that people want to see? So, yeah, it was like, I love the idea of that electronic handshake where you could, you know, I looked at the computer as like, this is a window into somebody's home. And if they would allow me into their home, then maybe I can have a shot at, building that fan base and what you did what amanda did that i thought was really just so incredible was you were one of the people aside from the skits and the stuff that was playing on vine and getting a lot of likes and loops or whatever the thing that you were doing um was you were also like boots on the ground where you had things that were online but if you were in a city you'd say i'm going to be here and you were gathering people together and I think that was really what set you apart from a lot of people that maybe right at this point we're not as familiar with because you treated it the opposite of me. I had comedy that I could say, meet me here, but you didn't have that other element. And the fact that you went out and you made yourself available, it was like that, that grew the entire space for you. So it, it's a mixture of both, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have to have something that people want to see and share with you but you also want to use this the right way to be able to like, you know, uh, have somebody discover and take a chance on being entertained or listening to you. Yeah. Wow. I- <laughs>
today's episode is brought to you by Clorox. When accounts trust Clorox, the same way we trust essential workers to provide the care they give to us, our families trust us to give them a safe and protected home. Our community heroes trust Clorox to keep places like hospitals and grocery stores disinfected. So I know I too can trust Clorox to provide my home with a safe environment at home we can all enjoy. When used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces, it kills 99.9% of germs and bacteria on a variety of surfaces. From our kitchen floors to the counters to bathroom tabs to, of course, laundry wipes. I use Clorox disinfecting products on multiple surfaces of my home, especially those high-touch surfaces like countertops, floors, faucets, appliances, and door handles. For me, it's important to share with loved ones and the public in general how they can give the most care for their loved ones because... When, when it, it counts, counts trust, trust Clorox. Clorox. Why are there trolls? Like, seriously. Like, I mean, you know, me and Amanda started this podcast, the Feel Good, Pod- Feels Good podcast, because we wanted to spread as much positivity. And it came about at a time of, like, quarantine and the pandemic. Yep. And we were like, wow, like, things were, you know, when, you know, sitting here in India as well, we were, you know, going through just so much unemployment. And, I mean, people were starving people didn't have food to eat like people were like losing jobs it was and then and obviously even just like like social media digital like things were just really like negative and toxic and and on top of that you have like another lot of people who are just trolling and just like spreading hate and inciting and it's really crazy because it's like there's so there's like there's one side i feel of like society that's trying to push positivity like what you did during the pandemic you were you you decided to bring comedy and and, and you use that to bring people right. together and make people laugh and lighten up the you know the, the environment um me and amanda you know we, we put together a, a podcast um just to hopefully make people feel good uh in their day and uh but it's just like there's like so many people there's like this other like side of people as well that like they just they just want to keep pushing in the the negativity yeah. and i mean it's it's so i i don't like yeah. I, I almost i like i i think everybody it's a, it's a form of venting for a lot of people i don't even think that they just come at like they were coming at you dane because <laughs> they have a lot of <laughs> negative shit in their own life you know it's like there's no way right. that can be about you there's that is right. there's no way so now every time i look at comments or i see things i'm just like oh eh, well i'll take the constructive criticism sure. but yeah like the pure negative shit like no thank you like i wish you the best i feel bad for you and i hope you get through that like genuinely but right. also what the fuck? <laughs> like, don't yeah. Right? It, I know. It never, feel, it never feels good, obviously, to have people come at you with like negative comments, rude comments. But I can tell you more often than not, I've had people write me something. And then years later, I've had people write me again and say, I wrote you something so terrible a few years ago. And then they'll explain I've been in a, I was in a hard place in my life. And people will write me like, long explanations as to why they had a, like abhorrent behavior towards me. And I've actually written people back like within a minute of them writing that and saying, it's all good. It's, it's like, let it go. Don't carry that around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, wow. I, feel, I feel like you have to be the bigger person the bigger, in that situation. Yeah. Right. And, and also yeah. understand that a lot of all that really is, is people are um, afraid. You know, they're afraid of not seeing their own dream come true. They're afraid of not seeing 
their own abilities met. And I, more often than not, I still once in a while read something that I'll say, holy shit, that's really, man, that's really brutal. That's really mean. But, but I'm, I, I can pretty I much know, let like, stuff go. Like, okay, but I, I understand you're like the bigger person. You're letting stuff go. But don't you think, I don't know, like this was something that a friend of mine, um, you know, uh, a co-star, she had started, but she was like, I'm going to fight cybercrime. She's like, this is, this is cyberbullying and it shouldn't be permitted. And, you know, so, and, and she put out a whole campaign and she worked with the cybercrime department over here and, yeah. She was like, any negative comments or, you know, people harassing you or, you know, cussing or she goes, yeah. like, wh why should that be allowed, actually? Like, why do people have that permission? Um, so she she's actually worked on getting a couple of people I like, I know it was amazing. I love that she did that because it's so like in a way she had a point. She was like, it made me think as well. I was like, wait a minute, why is it allowed where like someone can just like, if someone walked up to you in the street and started like screaming at you and like doing stuff, like, I guess you could probably get them arrested. Like you have a face, right. And you have like, wait a minute, like a cop would also probably come up to them and be like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, like you're, you're harassing this person or um, bullying is also something as well where you get reprimanded for, but like on, on social, it's just like, people are kind of just allowed to do that. Right. With yeah. absolutely no consequence. I guess and it, it's a lot with like, maybe it's like more deal talking to the platforms directly to, you know, I, I feel like they have the most power in those situations of setting rules. And I, I think it is in the community guidelines too, that if you report comments, then you can ban users um, if they're continuously True. being um, like abusive online. But yeah. And also I, I, I think it's wrong. I think people shouldn't do it. But I also think some, for me, I'm like, yeah, use me as your punching bag. Like sometimes it's like <laughs> a form of relief as a, as a release for some people. Right. So maybe they just yeah. need to vent and it's better than physically doing something elsewhere. Like whatever. But there, but there is something to be said for <laughs> yeah. that line of, um, of somebody being like kind of, you know, shitty to you versus like, you know, evil. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. like, oh. You know, to oh, where yeah. people... And, and, and that, uh, of course, we're not, that's such a whole different, you know, mentality. If you're coming at somebody saying like something that's so just fucked up, just be something that's like beyond what yeah. you would say to anybody, you know, even in your private life and somebody's posting that, I don't stand by that. I definitely don't stand by anybody bullying kids. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. hate seeing oh, kids amazing. like yeah. get, uh, you know, get torn into by each other online. So yeah, there's still a lot of holes in this, in this system, but I think just as people that are now speaking, just again, not about kids or just being in the public eye, you do have to expect that, like people are always going to take their shots. They're going to have opinions. They're going to probably sometimes say things that's, that are a little bit like over the edge and you have to have thick skin and be able to know that it's not really personal. It says more about them than it does you. Mm-hmm. Or at least that mindset is what uh, helps us. So, yeah. <laughs> what do they do? Right. To not yeah. follow <laughs> Yeah. From a mental breakdown. Yeah. So, I mean, d sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, no you. <laughs> no, you. Um, well, I was going to say, like, speaking of, you know, people coming at you and jealousy, you know, that word, word stood, out, stood out to me a lot when you were speaking, Dane, mainly because on your rise to fame, you did it in um, not a traditional way of, you know, gaining an audience and 
you know, becoming massive, one of the biggest comedians in the world at the time. And you had a lot of people just even in the industry kind of going against you too and trying to tear you down left and right as well. So how did you, because that's a lot of weight. I mean, first off, being in the public eye and really growing like that to that amount is a lot of pressure already. And then when you have people um, just completely going against you and trying either trying to hurt your business or hurt you mentally. Like it's, I been there, you know, it, it, it hurts. And right. how did you deal with it? Yeah, that's, that was one of the most difficult things to learn, which was you kind of have this idea before you're, you know, in the inner circle. Oh, once I'm there, you're going to feel protected by the community. But if anything else, it's, it's competitive. It's a very competitive industry, all of our industries. And because yeah. everybody wants to be the next shiny, cool thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people actually believe that by stepping on you, they're going to be that thing. They're going to take your spot. When once they get there, they're going to learn that's actually nothing to do with what keeps you in your, you know, in an enlightened space with your audience. Um, I had it happen to me mostly because I think there was a lot of resentment that I came up and I built a foundation for myself. And then I had a company and a brand and was finding, you know, I was a welfare kid from Arlington, Massachusetts, who by myself became one of the wealthiest comedians of my time. Um, And not to say that I didn't have it and lose it sometimes, you know, when you gamble on yourself in any industry, you're going to lose Sometimes Um, the hardest, hardest thing that I had to learn was what you just mentioned. How can I stay relevant within the community and find like-minded people that aren't in the business of tearing each other down, but are in the business of trying to evolve each other? Yeah. Yes. 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 Lifting up. I love that. Conversations like this. I mean, really, it's like continuing to do things like this. That's why I was so excited when Amanda reached out. It was like, well, these are the things that people need to hear to realize it's doggy dog. It's not easy. Anytime you go for your dream, any dream, any dream, there's going to be people that look at you and say, shit, I, w- I want that. And so you need to be ready for obstacles at all times are going to come and try to thwart you. But you've, you've always been really supportive of your friends, people like that, you know, you believe in or you look at and you you just genuinely want to help people too. Like I remember when I, I had you too help me with like one of these videos I had to do and I was just so shy in front of, can you believe remember. You remember I was just so shy in front of a camera and then like, believe it or not. And then it's just like you, you helped push me through it. Like, and it was, I remember that forever, you know, just because like you didn't, let me just be like, oh, laugh at me or do whatever. Right. You were just right. like being super supportive. You couldn't quit. In the, in the thing that I saw, you know, we've been friends a long time, but at that time what I saw in you was you, you wanted to, you knew where you wanted to be, but you still needed to take the steps of building up who you were to be able yep. to confidently oh, yeah. <laughs> deliver that message. So that's <laughs> yeah. what, I think that's what real friends in this, in this industry do for each other, which is, you know, from time to time, we all need to put a hand down to each other because there is no one level you make it to where you're just like, I'm up here. That, that's, that doesn't exist. It's ever-changing. Um, you know, you've got to be resilient. You have to stay positive. And I really think you need to find people that say, 
keep going. We got to do it again. Another take, another try, another video, another idea, another day. And, uh, and I was glad that at that point I could uh, be a person to say to you, like, I'll champion you. You should continue to work on yourself in that way. Wow. Dane, like you've achieved a bunch of accomplishments throughout your life. Like what would be, yeah, no, you know, you know, you have, actually, wait, do you know you have, I think, you know, you have, but (laughs) what is your, what is the one that you're most proud of? Oh man, Amanda, that's hard. Um, Uh, Come on. I, you know, honestly, standing in front of, standing in front of 20,000 people, the first night I did Madison Square Garden, after I was, when I first was in New York City at 22, I walked by Madison Square Garden one night. I was doing a show in the village at about 2.30 in the morning. I had to walk because I couldn't even afford a uh, cab fare. So I would walk from my apartment all the way to the, the village to perform. And I walked by Madison Square Garden one night, and I was staring up at it. And I just did like kind of like an affirmation thing where I just was manifesting this idea and and talking to the building in a way like a crazy person saying like, I want to play you someday. I want to come here. I want to stand on this stage Mm. and I want to entertain people. And I want to entertain the largest crowd a comedian has entertained in in years. And sure enough, I took that (laughs) stage and I remember I was standing there in front of everybody in the round because I like to do the big shows in the round and I did take that moment where I kind of turned and looked at 20,000 people and remembered that kid that stood outside with $4 and not enough to buy a hamburger that night on the way home from my show and telling myself, I will make it to this place. You can't give up on your dreams. That is so inspiring. Oh, my God. Yeah, and some of the things, the best things I love reading are um, people's come up stories. You know, yeah. I think there's the most to learn from those. And yeah, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and it also like, it's good to reflect on those because you remember you're at a totally different place than that now than where you were. And it just like, it, it just like humbles you and makes you like feel really good. Cause like a lot of times I, for me, at least, I don't know for you guys, but I, I'm always focusing on like, okay, got to go, got to go, got to go, got to do this, got to keep growing, got to get, got to work on this, got to do this. And maybe that's my personality. I don't know. But I think a lot of people in our business are kind of like that. Like Jacqueline, you were looking for your next job. It's like trying to find moments to where you're just like so proud and satisfied of what you accomplished and not to say being lazy with what you're working on next, but being able to really just like, relish in those moments because a lot of times we don't like in the madison square garden moment did you have the biggest celebration of your life or oh yeah what was that night like when you finished (laughs) oh it was it was like i wouldn't use this word ever normally but it was bliss like (laughs) it was like imagine being a 13 year old kid the quietest kid in school and dreaming of this and then suddenly you're in front of all these people that are there for you that want to see your show. Um, If if anything, really what it did too was, oddly, it's like, you know, we see sometimes people, and I know we know people uh, that made it too soon. Some people make it really young or they make it like in kind of a, almost like in a mistake kind of way and they're not prepared for that. And then they're not prepared for the come down from what it means to, to hit such a height at a young age and then, 
for me, I felt like it was the perfect age to go, you know what? I fulfilled this dream. It took many, many years. It took about 15 years before I finally wow. met that. But then it was so nice to go, okay, really now, how do I want to build myself up equally as a person and not just the public persona, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do that same work. I would tell young people that I, so that I talk to now, work on you. Work on, yep. work on enjoying not only chasing, like Amanda said, we want to – we want to prove to ourselves and like, and can I do that? Or I want to, you know, obtain this yeah. or grow this. But you still have to have those quiet journeys inward. And those are just as poignant as any big stage you'll ever get oh, to. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, um, like, one of my co-stars, he, he once told me, so he never, he also really struggled. He came up, like, the hard way. And um, he he was telling me how, uh, you know, I never, I never had money to go to acting school and I, I, you know, but I, I, I've been very blessed right now. He's a, he's a big superstar. Um, and he said, you know, like the one thing that hit me, uh, he, he, he just had enough money to buy this one acting book. And, uh, in, <laughs> in India, we have like a lot of like copies of like books here, you know, <laughs> like of the originals, right? You can just buy them on the street. So they're, they're definitely much more affordable. And it was like one of those that he was able to, to buy. And the first page he read was, if you want to be a good actor, you have to first be a good person. Okay. <laughs> and, and he was like, and he's like, so I just closed up the book and he was like, that's all I live by right now. And he's like one of like the biggest superstars here, but like, oh, it's, I love it's that. true because I, if you you do have to actually like work on on yourself you know like i mean it it is about it is about that being in the moment being a good person being being kind uh being empathetic i mean and that empathy runs into your characters as well you know so um but yeah the the groundwork like the inside work most important more than anything else yeah when you can when you can access those other parts of yourself all you're doing is is um, making yourself available for any situation as you're going for your goal. If you have something inside yourself that's unresolved, well, that might be the very thing that stops you from having that forward progress. So you, you energy. Know, energy work. I yep. believe in energy and yep. law of attraction and all that good stuff. So. Yep. I mean, that's a whole episode of its own, but <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Though. That was so inspiring, Dane. Yeah. Oh, no, Jacqueline, thank you, Amanda. I'm that's absolutely super inspired the, right now. Yeah, by but your you're life. not done yet, Dane. We We're not that. letting you go. <laughs> I have some fun facts. Well, Jacqueline and I have some fun facts for you. Okay. Share with you. Don't know. Now you know. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know. These are some good ones. It's I'm good scared. segment. All right. <laughs> Exactly. You can start us off. Oh, okay, great. So, um, the world's quietest room is located at Microsoft's headquarters in Washington State. The room was built to test the digital PDA developer by Microsoft in 2015. It is so quiet that sound measures in the negative decibels. It, this was achieved by making walls designed to absorb external sounds. Oh my goodness. I've, Did you know that? Did you know that, Dane? Huh? Huh? It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of the crowds that I performed to earlier. Oh. <laughs> hey, but not the oh 2021 my. crowds, because that's when your tour is happening, right? 
It will I not. Hope be. So. Yeah, I hope so. I can't wait. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I want to get back out there. I'm ready. Yeah. Well, let us know when. We'll promote the hell out of it for you because we will be we'll, there. We will be there too, and everybody's invited. Yes, not that you need it, but we will be That's there. What we just yeah. Just DM oh. me on Instagram. I still write everybody. <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna have a lot of work ahead of you. A lot of hours, late nights. All right. Well, I, I feel like rooms like those would make somebody go insane. Doesn't that, isn't oh, that like another it's almost gave me a headache? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, complete like, silence just like makes you like too alone with your own yeah. thoughts. Or- but this is like quieter than quiet. This is not even like silence. This is like, it's like deleting your it? thoughts. Yeah, this is like, what are you supposed to hear if there's like, I don't like that. Kind of, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I, when I go to sleep, I need some sound. I need some mm, kind of like, waves. Uh, yeah, I play waves. Like I'll play ocean waves. One, you know, it's really funny. One night I play, was playing Ocean Waves and I, I had the remote in bed and I was playing them through the speakers in my room. And then during the night I rolled onto the volume button and I turned oh. the ocean all the way up. It came oh like a God. tsunami. I, 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 <laughs> it was the scariest sound I've ever heard of. Oh, what, like wait. a tsunami, yes. The big one. <laughs> the big yeah, one. Knock on wood. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if I want to be in that quiet room. I wouldn't want to be in the quietest room. No, thank you. No, yeah, we're I'd good. Out. <laughs> okay, next one. Outside of the bedroom, the most common place for adults to have sex is in a car. Oh. By a show of hands, who here has had sex in a car? <laughs> Jacqueline, put that damn hand up. I remember the car. I remember, I remember the car. It was a it was a it was a Chevy Cavalier, which was like the smallest car. It was a used car oh, that I had growing oh, up. Oh, <laughs> some my, people have been there school, before. With my high school sweetheart. Yeah, uh, yeah. We parked, in, we parked in the parking lot of a church. Oh my god. Safe, real safe, yeah. <laughs> That's very romantic. Yeah, it was yeah. Romantic. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> Any place is good, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> that was a great fun fact. That was, good. Uh, that was a good one, yeah. <laughs> Did some sharing there. All right. <laughs> there was a Russian game show that would have you steal a car, and if you didn't get caught by the police within 35 minutes, you win the car. Otherwise, you would be arrested. The game show was called The Intercept. I love that. Um, It sounds like a movie. All or nothing. Yeah, exactly. This should be a movie. I don't like it. This was in Russia. Yeah, you steal Can the car. Can we make you don't get- this movie, you guys? <laughs> yeah, the three of us. <laughs> with these bangs, I, I feel like I could be... Who are a character. A race you are, car oh, you are a car. the bangs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I they, love you it. didn't even notice at the beginning of it. <laughs> I just cut my bangs. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. That was I the first thing I told her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys don't notice things like this. I, didn't know, I thought you were in a hat with the headphones. No, it's not. I a thought beanie. you were wearing a beanie that was made of human hair. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would, that would be I really cool if you got you, right? if you got headphones that had like bangs attached to it. I do That'd wear be- a lot of faux fur things, so <laughs> I don't blame you. All right. I love that. <laughs> it's 
part. So did you know if you ever cut, wait, oh, you read the last one. Okay, good. All right. If you ever cover your left ear and speak, you hear how you sound to other people. Dane, you're going to have to do this. because I'm going to do it right now. Oh, I, it's weird. I already have a weird <laughs> voice anyway. This did not help the whole situation. <laughs> people like your voice because they... Yeah, you have a great voice. So. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Oh, wow. Now it's even better. Go. <laughs> right. I don't know. That, that doesn't seem like... All that is doing is making an echo of my actual voice. Do not challenge our fun facts. <laughs> okay, I have another fun fact. For wait, you wait, today. Jacqueline, read number oh. 10, and then we'll move on to fan questions. Alrighty. Ooh, number 10. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the egg actually <laughs> chooses the sperm. Human female eggs actually have sophisticated biological mechanisms that actively choose which sperm it allows to fertilize, and it isn't always the first one to arrive. Oh. Wow. That is a, I like that. It's my favorite fun fact. Mind blown. I always thought it was a chance of, I thought it was a chance of luck, right? I thought it was a chance of like, one got there first. (laughs) That's what I thought. I I mean, I don't know if you guys ever watched that film. Um, Oh, what was that? Like, uh, like where these, the babies like talk and it was, Oh no, I know what you're talking about. uh, um, Wait, what was it? Where I'll find it. And, uh, Right. Look who's talking. Exactly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Because I <laughs> when when they showed, I remember like watching that as a kid, and I remember they showed how like the sperm entered, and then it got into the yes. egg, and they were like all fighting, and they were screaming. They all had little voices as well. Right, like little voices. <laughs> like, ah! Oh my god. And like and like when when they were entering the egg as well, like it was hot. They're like ow 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 ow, and then like. <laughs> <laughs> and then now they're saying now we're learning that the egg is actually like no no not you not you not you, you. get lost yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. speed dating <laughs> it is speed dating wow so it is That's all perfect. about the egg oh my goodness all right and now because we're we are running low on time now um all right we'll just guide through our feels good friends questions so the write-ins and dane right. you can be the one that answers all these Uh, all right here we go what is your go-to phrase word or saying my go-to phrase what is it phrase word or saying saying Mm -hmm. oh like uh um oh man i it feels like it's dirty i don't know why it's like one of those things (laughs) where it's like it should be dirty or like a swear right Mm -hmm. does it have to right like it can be anything like, I always say, whether it's a, a good thing or a bad thing, I always go, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, <laughs> I find myself yeah, I've heard that, that before. So you've got to be <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, that's a good one, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline. It's funny. That- me? Uh, it, it's funny. Like, you've got to be, well, kidding me. But I mean, like, to find yourself, it's funny that you find yourself in that situation all the time <laughs> you know what my, you know what mine is and I, I think like all right I've heard people say this to me we're like you know what you say a lot you say really a lot oh. it's like i yeah, thought it was just, all right all righty then no <laughs> no no it's really my bad no it I'm was really it coast. was really because it's like i'm always like really no oh, really 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 and it's just like everything is 
everything's amazing me. Everything is like, yeah, everything amazes me, I guess. I don't know. Like everything's mine so is, <laughs> Mine used to be like, which I really worked yeah. hard, hard on. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, 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 you to places you don't even need to, you know? You know? You know. <laughs> it's me trying you know. to be inclusive. I'm a compassionate person. All right. Number yeah. two. <laughs> uh, Jacqueline, this is you. You can okay. read it. Ooh, okay. Do you have a favorite color or a number? Yeah, are you, like, superstitious with, with numbers? Mm, I don't – I actually have an issue with numbers. I have, you know, dyslexia? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, so there's a numbers version called Discalcula, and I have that. What is that? <clears throat> so ever since I was little, what happens with me is um, numbers just kind of dissipate out of my brain. So, like, if you were giving me your phone number, by the time you get to the last four, three or four digits, I can't remember the first ones. Uh-huh. Um, and so numbers are always been, like, a little wishy-washy with me. But I do have a favorite number, and it's always been 19. It's been my favorite number. My lucky wow. Number. 19. So do you, wait, do you, do you you actually base a lot of your, because I mean, like it it is actually something that happens a lot over here where there's always a specific date maybe that we start a film on Um, or because of astrology, astrology or astronomy, I'm not, I'm not sure which one, but um, like you, you, you'd calculate what a good number and according to that it, that would be the date or that would be maybe the release or that would be maybe right. um, numerology yeah Numer- yeah sorry numerology yes so, by the way oh sorry did you yeah yeah no, no no so so that is something that a lot of people do follow like I mean religiously <laughs> and here's what 19 means if you didn't know Dane do you know what number 19 means no tell me I want to know it means completion it represents completion in numerology. The number is made up of numbers one and nine. Number one signifies a beginning oh. and nine signifies an end, which wow. makes number 19 a message that indicates you're set for the next stage in life. Wow, that's an amazing I number. That. Boom. That- like, uh- Boom. <laughs> Blowing your mind. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What social media platforms are you on, Dane? Oh, <laughs> I am. Well, okay. So Instagram, that's like the hub, right? That's kind of like the, the home base one. And then, <laughs> and then other than that, I mean, honestly, just probably where I like to do most of my correspondence is lately through Twitter. I just been doing like things where I'm like, you know, retweeting and, and quote tweeting back to people on certain things. And I, I kind of like what Twitter's been doing with their platform lately. So those are the two primaries. That's my new wow. source is Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. A lot lately. I, I never go on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm Join scared. Us. Honestly, like, I know. I, I think I'm tweeting you. Yeah. I get nothing oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. I just don't. I don't go on it. I have an account. It's there, but like I, I just don't go on it. I'm scared. I'm scared of what I, I think people are really mean on Twitter. Oh, well. <laughs> they're meaner than I mean. Instagram is still bearable, but like I think Twitter is. Really Let mean. them inspire you. True. Yeah, Remember? maybe I will go back on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, why go. not? All right. <laughs> That's a spirit. <laughs> that is all the time we have for this episode. I am so, so happy to have you on, Dane. I'm so excited to introduce you to Jacqueline. You guys are friends now forever. So and- great to meet you. <laughs> Seriously, that was great. Yeah. Oh, and- this was really awesome. Jacqueline, it was great to meet you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for being on our podcast. It means so much. I'm like, you're... Uh, Amanda, you should have introduced me sooner. I'm, I, but thanks for the talk. Honestly, thank you so much for organizing this, Amanda. This was great. I mean, no, because I'm so super inspired just hearing about your story and hearing about your success story and where you started, like being going from being an introvert to being on Madison Square selling out. I mean, like that is just that, – that, that's, I mean, you know, you're, you're – you're a hustler and you're, I mean, you know, a trooper and like yeah. you're an hopefully, achiever. And I love that. Hopefully yeah. some people are watching this and being like, hell yeah. Dane's I can do it too. This, I can do this. Get this right? done. Yeah. So, That's right. Thank you guys, and thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow us, subscribe to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, YouTube. Now we got video. Yeah, we listen oh to God. our listeners and we're on Instagram <laughs> too. Feels good pod. Love you guys. Love you, Jacqueline. Love you, Dane. And thank you. We'll Love you guys, guys too. Time. See y'all next All right. week. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 See ya.